before I think this is episode 72 so before we get into it too much we have to ask a favor we need you to subscribe to the YouTube channel and like this video and then go back and like all the other videos after you watch them of course but without further ado we we now have Big Dave in the studio it's been lo- it's been it's been long talked about I've been hyping it up. <laughs> I saw your post this morning, man. I was like, it made me laugh, man. I've been talking shit for months inside here, the office. I've been like, we're going to get Big Dave on here eventually. Yep. I'm telling you what, he's he's cycled Cheers. all over the world. Sure, you got some wood, wood, Woodford? Woodford Reserve. Reserve. That's it. That's the good stuff. So, we got you in here. I'm here. I'm here to talk shit. And uh, to hopefully inspire and make people laugh and, you know, just talk about, just talk, let's just talk shit. You can pull the microphone closer to you if you want to see that. You brought a significant item to the show. Yeah, I got a special jacket. From the world traveler. I got a special jacket for this occasion. Went out this weekend and found found this gem. It it found me almost. We were walking around. I was like, well, Dave's a world traveler. He's cycled pretty much everywhere. <laughs> that is the this jacket, jacket. This jacket makes sense for the podcast. So that does that does because I have been to uh, fifty states and forty two countries in the last uh, almost twenty years. Fifty states. Yes. Forty two. Wow. Forty two countries and hugged a half a million people in in uh, in all of that time, and um, <clears throat> it's been uh, it's been interesting. This is an interesting time. Because my story started uh, on September 11th when my friend was killed, and I wanted to do something to honor him, so I rode my bicycle across the United States. And it's funny in life when you think, "Hey, I'm just going to do this one thing," you know. And I mean, you would know as a contractor. Oh, it starts as something small. Yeah, it starts as something small. I'm just going to put a table right here, and the next thing you know, you build a whole house. I mean, it's you know, I thought that I was just going to ride my bike across the United States, but then. People started contacting me to say how they were inspired by my story. And so I wanted to do more. And then I heard about this bicycle race across Africa, pretty much right down his uh, his jacket. Yeah, my lower, lower uh, left uh, abdomen. There yeah. you go. So abdomen, yeah, it started in Cairo. <laughs> and um, I went through Egypt, Sudan, Ethiopia, Kenya, Tanzania, Malawi, Zambia, Namibia, Botswana, and South Africa. And... Uh, that was a five-month uh, trip that just changed who I was. You know, it uh, it just blew my mind. And um, <clears throat> excuse me to to bike that far, and I uh, never looked at the map, any map, the same again. And I saw more opportunities. Uh, so just we're, so so we're clear. Yep, <coughs> Gilmar, can you see this? Mm-hmm. You started where now? In Egypt, which is over there. Right yeah. on the east coast. I'm so up, 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 up. Yeah, right yep. there. And then go all the way down to the bottom. Down to your <laughs> dick hole. <laughs> there she is. There it is. I can't even see Egypt. My, there you go. my peck is that. <laughs> that <it's> it, <laughs> so, so, yeah, so I went from top to bottom. And it just, uh, you know, the colors, the cultures, uh, the flavors. I mean, it just, you know, I saw changes and I changed. And uh, you rode that by yourself. <clears throat> most no, of the time? I was with. Uh, well, I was with a group of cyclists from around the world, mm. and you know everybody was doing it for their own reasons, <laughs> and I was just doing it to bring about uh, you know 
some interest in a scholarship fund in my friend's name that was killed. And this is this is the first cycling trip that you did up after? No, 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 that was the second. The, second, the, second the first one. one was just across the United States mm-hmm. from uh, Astoria, Oregon to Philadelphia. And what I found was that, you know, people uh, started contacting me from all over the planet uh, after that trip uh, to say how they inspired they were by what I did, you know, and people started, you know, it's, it's interesting when you help somebody up, you know, <clears throat> people just don't say thank you. They will, they will explain where. You want to pull the mic closer to him? <laughs> so can, can you hear that? Okay. Is it good? Oh, I'm sorry. No. Uh, people will explain where they were in their life uh, and explain why they needed to be inspired. So people will go in, uh, you know, graphically describe their tales of woe and uh, and then told me, hey, listen, this is what I'm going to do because of what you did. And so I would read these stories a lot of times and I would start, you know, I would get emotional, you know, when people talked about, you know, grappling with addiction or abuse or this and that and the other and uh, and would talk about how they were going to move forward from it, you know, just because I rode a fucking bike. And so I uh, I I felt attached. I felt tethered to all of these good moments. How did and they? You, fe- you felt that energy like in your first trip? Yeah, my first trip because I was just. How did all, they know? How did they uh, know you were there out was there? A, there was a uh, it was an article that was done on me in the Philadelphia Inquirer, okay. and that pretty much put uh, my friendship with uh, my friend Kevin, and it put you know my actions of what I was doing on everybody's front page. You know, going back to that first year after September 11th, I think all of us were as united as ever, um, you know, as Americans, as, as individuals, as, I mean, that really, that, that, that galvanized us. So when I was biking across the United States, uh, people, people wanted hugs. People wanted, you know, to smile. People wanted a connection. People wanted to connect with something that was positive. And we've gotten uh, away from that. We've got I we've almost gotten worse than we were before. No, you we 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 I was in eighth grade when September 11th happened. So I was middle school going into high school. So I I really got to experience that American patriotism in its full magnitude there for a while. Right, and now seeing the individuals that are eighth grade going through college now so frustrated with you know, the world in which they live in, like, I very much long for that energy back, obviously without the, you know... The tragedy. Ca- like, the, the, like the like that altering event, like that time-altering event. And I don't know if that's possible. I don't know if that's possible. I don't know if we'll ever get that back, and that's very... You Unless know, you have an outside enemy. That's why, that's why I have, like, when I see you moving about, like I, I kind of feel like that's the last little bit of that energy is still there, and that's why, that's why I've always been so supportive of, of you, because I was just been like, dude, we have to like keep, we have to keep this last light going, or it's gonna go out completely. I definitely uh, feel that that, and I think you know it's so strongly, it 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 tugs so strongly at me because I was literally biking into this. I was biking into. This, this tidal wave of warmth. Um, and, you know, like I said, after September 11th, you know, because of what I did, so many people 
contacted me to say what they were inspired to do. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm into something here. And so that was really always the draw, always this pull, you know, from my heart um, because I just wanted to do more and so I could see people do more. I just wanted to be a part of this, a little bit more thing. So I next bicycled Africa and, you know, and it was there. How long after your first event was Africa? Uh, about a year and a half. Okay. So and you, I, you, did, how did you decide to go to Africa? Like what, uh, what was I that process like? I heard about this bicycle trip across Africa three times within a week from three different sources in my life, independent sources. And it was, um, and when you hear about, it's like hearing a sale, right? You know, you hear about a, a great sale on something from three different sources. You're like, oh, fuck, I got to go buy that shit, <laughs> you know? And that's how it was. And when I clicked on the map of Africa and I saw this line bisecting, the uh the continent i was like holy shit you know i can do this you know i can i can fucking do this and it was it was something came over me you know i fundraised like i never did before you know i gave speeches (laughs) like i never i did everything to do this and i knew i was taking out taking a huge chance uh with everything and uh you know, and people were like, okay, I've never seen you this excited about something. And so, I mean, I didn't know shit about what I was doing. I never set up a, a tent before. I never, <laughs> I, never, I never did shit. I, like, I went out into that. There's shit. no hotels in raw, Africa as you travel. Raw as fuck. And, uh, but, you know, I was like, I was ready for the adventure. And each day I got better. Like, I really, I never went to the bathroom in the woods anymore. I mean, I was just like, you know. So you so show up, do you you're start completely go- city, and you, then you, you went so you, far into it. Oh, yeah. yeah. You started in what, Cairo? You started? Started in Cairo. Okay, so you get to Cairo, right? You've never been. This is amazing to me. You've yeah. never been you to take, Africa, right? You get, you get off the plane. Like, what's I that like? I get off the plane. We meet at a hotel, and I'm nervous because everybody seems so seasoned, you know? Right. And, and they have all this complicated camping gear and shit like that. Okay, this is how stupid I was. <laughs> all right. So I set up my first tent, and I am proud. I'm like, mm. I took a picture of it. And <laughs> as I'm backing up to take a picture of it, I trip over a rock. And uh, that's right near somebody else's tent. And I look at his tent, and I was like, well, why does this tent got rocks near it? And I was like, I look at somebody else's tent, and they have rocks near it. And I was like, oh, fuck. Maybe this is some camping ritual. It's like, <laughs> you know, so I go out into the <laughs> desert in, in Egypt to go find some fucking rocks that I think are, you know, suitable enough to go to the camping gods or whatever. I, I didn't know. And so I put rocks around my fucking tent and shit like that. And I do that the first night, second night, third night. Um, and then it's like the fourth or fifth night. And uh, I... And walking to go get in the food line, and I trip again over a rock. But this time I notice that it is tethered to a rope that is pinning one of this guy's tent down. Right. And I didn't realize that all these people had these tents that needed to be tethered down. I had a self-standing tent, so I didn't need this. Right. And so... I was like, man, I feel so fucking stupid. <laughs> I told my friend this, and my friend, she was like, Dave, I've been wondering why you've been putting rocks around your tent. And I was like, I just didn't know. And she's like, you're 
Sorry. So you have this like self-sustaining big tent. They have these like little string-tied yes, tents down yes, to the ground. And I was yeah, and so like I didn't know shit, you know. And it was I forgot to bring a pillow, so I stole a blanket from the airplane. I forgot to bring a plate, uh, so I stole a plate from the first restaurant that we had. So everybody else has this. You know, this nice camping plate, you know, made of aluminum or something like that and puts their utensils in it. And I had a ceramic plate from <laughs> the restaurant, first, from the first hotel. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, man, so I didn't know shit, man. I was, I was dumb as dumb as What man. day did you feel that you belonged? Because <laughs> no, I, I. It was. It took a few countries, man. It was maybe by the time uh, Kenya, maybe. Hold on, let me consult the map. Yeah, let's go back to the map. <laughs> so it's beyond this is the why equator. I wore the jacket. Right. You guys made fun of me, but this was logic. Well, I actually also have a map. It's right underneath Ethiopia. Yeah, so it's be, <laughs> so it's beyond the equator. So you see where the green is, the light green right there. So go a little bit lower. And right about there, that's where I feel. Hold on. Let me consult my map. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. You really did have something up your okay. sleeve. Okay. Ethiopia. Okay, I see it right here. <laughs> that, that, that is awesome, man. You know, I don't know if it was on camera. So before we began, he was sitting there so fucking smugly. I have something up my sleeve. And I was like, this motherfucker really did have something up his sleeve. This is awesome. John's daughter's at home right now being like, I'm I'm missing page 10. (laughs) Ron Paul's going to find out. Oh, my God. So, yeah, so I didn't feel comfortable for a while. So that's but, a few days in because you started. That's a long way. That's a third of Africa. Yeah, that's yeah, a month and a half in. Uh, so so the whole, how long the whole trip take? Five months. Oh wow. Oh yeah. So it was. I mean, that's a long time to be <coughs> off the grid. That's a long time to be. You know, social media was sort of around. Sort of. What year was of, that? Uh, two thousand five, two thousand six. So it's just like you know, MySpace maybe. MySpace yeah. is going out. My Facebook's kind of coming. <laughs> so when you're riding, are you, do you did you join up with like a group of guys that you kind of stayed together? Like how did that where we everyone was kind of individual and you're it spread varied, out? It varied from day to day. There were some days where you stayed together where you just wanted to talk to. Yeah. Like, hey, where are you from? And stuff like that. And and it was, you know, some of those conversations that I had with some of those people were really life-changing things because everybody was there for different reasons. Yeah. You know, and so some people were just looking for to for a big change in their life. Some people had had, you know, some hard lives and they wanted to uh, they wanted to go. They wanted this to be the Kickstarter for things. So it was um, it was just really, really interesting. And, um, you know, I didn't know what I was looking for. I knew I was looking for something. Um, So it was. It was it was a time. It was a very special time. You were looking for adventure. I was looking for adventure, but I was also, like I said, you know, here is this, you know, here are all these people's stories in my head that had emailed me and reached out to me and stuff like that. And, um, you know, and I was like, man, if I, like I said, I'm, I'm exploring this connection. Like, if I do more, will people do more? Will people, will people follow me, so to, yeah. you know, so to speak? 
So, so in your book, this is your first book that you did. That is my first book called and Traveling at the Speed of Life. Traveling at the Speed of Life. This covers your first trip? In it the, you covers know, my first, um, yeah, my first like eight years uh, after, after the September 11th. Okay. And it pretty much just takes you through what I was going through. Um, you know, I try to really write about what I was grappling with. Um, you know, what, uh, how I was changing, what was driving me. Um, and, uh, just, yeah, just how I was, how I was changing. Um, and I wanted people, you know, I, that's, I self-published a book and I just sort of treated the book that if we met in a coffee shop, uh, or sit next to each other in a plane or wherever, this is what we would talk about. You know, this, these, this is, you know, you would want to know about, my friend Kevin that died on September 11th. You would want to know about my family situation. You would want to know about what I was looking for. You would want to know, was I an experienced camper? You would want to know these things. And so that's how I treated it. And uh, it's just, you know, just in a, a, as a conversation. And I wanted it so that when you put the book down, you would say, yeah, I just met a cool dude. You know, right. And that's it. And that's it's kind of like a like a podcast. But right. And, you know, and I just wanted you to feel that um, that uh, you could call me. And that's why I put my phone number in the book. (laughs) uh, So you would just hand these out as you were traveling on the um, plane. Or how did you get people to buy your books? I actually I actually know someone who bought this book. You actually made me look pretty good one day. Did you get this signed before? So I, I got your book as a gift before I met you, um, mm. and somebody had it signed for me. So the first time I <laughs> was out with An- the first time Andrew took me to where you work, the Union League. Okay, I didn't know. I don't know if I was allowed to say yeah, that's the fine. first time we went to the Union League. I saw you. St- I'd never met you before. I was like. Is that Dave Sylvester? And he's like, (laughs) 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 we're sitting there, and it was like the farmers market Sunday, and I like took my mom and Ariel, and she's like, "Is that Dave Sylvester?" I'm like, "That's yeah, that's Dave." (laughs) And she's like, "Oh my god, I I have his book." And I was like, "Yeah, I know Dave." I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I have a signed book from him." He's like, "Do you want to meet him?" And I'm like, "No, I'm afraid." That's, that's awesome. I was like, I was starstruck. I was like, I, I know that guy. Well, I've seen his picture before. Well, I have his thanks. phone number. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's awesome. It's um, I'm glad I decided to write the book. That was, you know, since September 11th, I have done nothing but take chances. Um, and um, <clears throat> I think in life, when you start taking chances and they pay off, you just keep taking chances. So that's why I I've picked up hitchhikers in Alaska. Uh, yeah, but I'm sure uh, you've taken chances that haven't worked out. No, I mean, no, no, only home runs for the last. No, like, I mean, it's I wouldn't say home runs, but at least you know, at least a single. Because I would think you know, that like you've you've had to have come up some against some sort of challenges. You've done fundraising. You've I mean, done I've done stuff, of, but it's you know, it was never anything that stopped me. Mm. You know, and I think everything is about how you look at it. Um, and I always look at, you know, what's what's the sunny side of this shit. And, uh, and my attitude in life is that you can't stop me. You know, at best, at best, you can slow me down. 
but you cannot stop me. Mm. And as I have gone on in life, you know, I, that's, that's what I believe. You can't stop me. So I don't really give a fuck. You know, people get so bent out of shape about so many things these days, you know, Republicans, Trump, this, that, what the fuck do I care, man? You can't take my smile. You can't stop me. You know, you can, you can slow me down. You can annoy me. You can whatever, but you cannot stop me. I can only stop myself. Was, was there ever a time in Africa where you felt like you needed to stop? There were times where I was just, it was, it was tough. I mean, it was, but no, not where I wanted to stop. I mean, I may need it. I need an extra day's rest or something like that. But have you always been this way where you just like, we had this positivity to always just like drive forward on everything or was this something that you, you know, you learned from somebody? I didn't think I was the most positive person in the world, but, um, you know, you know, the older you get, the more you reflect and you're, you know, you're running to people from your past and stuff like that. And I guess, yeah, I've always been a, a happy go lucky guy and, uh, you know, and just always looking at the positive side of things. Cause I like to laugh. I mean, it just, I fucking like to laugh. And I mean, <laughs> yeah, who doesn't no one, like right, to laugh? Right, right. Everybody's so uptight. Right. And so, you know, it was in, you know, what's interesting is that uh, one professor, so this book was used at a bunch of different colleges uh, throughout the country. And one professor, I think in Wyoming, um, bought the book. Uh, and she said, I, I bought the book because you were smiling. And I was like, what? And she said, you never see a black man smile. And I said, get the fuck out of here. And she said, no, they're always scowling or always looking pissed. And she said, and you look happy. And as, as soon as I read it, I was like, this dude is genuinely happy. And I was like, yeah, why not? And uh, so, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I'm just a happy-go-lucky guy. And, you know, Africa just really just, like I said, was just an awakening for me because it let me know that I could do big projects and uh, I could put stuff together. So the next trip that I did was Asia and that was from Istanbul to Beijing. And so that on the jacket, uh, you're going to go on the back. <laughs> <coughs> Let's see here. Yeah. Here, here Down go. on my knees for the camera. That's it. So Istanbul to Beijing. What the hell is Istanbul? Uh, Turkey. 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 So up, up, over. Turkey. Yeah. Turkey. Turkey. And then all the yeah, way Yeah, that's over, your turkey wing. Right. And then all the way over. Beijing's what, China. up here? Yep. Somewhere up there is Beijing. Yep. So I went through Turkey. We're clear on that? Yes. Turkey, Georgia, yeah, Azerbaijan, Turkmenistan, Uzbekistan, Tajikistan, Kyrgyzstan, and China. And that was the tougher trip. Uh, a lot of mountains in that what, trip. No, a lot what, of, what would you, tougher, tougher for what reasons? Uh, 90 degrees, 90% humidity in Istanbul. 115 to 118, depending on whose thermometer you went in Turkmenistan. Uh, <laughs> so how'd you two get miles a, above sea level? You went across wait, wait, that. Wait, don't wait, wait. And then there was the smog of China. Uh, so all in a five month span. So just as you were just getting used to one thing, bam, you're getting your ass kicked in a different way. <laughs> you went. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. And that, and that was also five months roughly. Yeah. yeah. Did you cross the Caspian Sea? Uh, you took you a ferry. Around? Took a ferry across the Caspian. That's the Caspian Sea, right? And then you ended up at um, in Turkmenistan, and uh, went from Baku, uh, Azerbaijan, um, to uh, Turkmenbashi, 
Turkmenistan. And that is where I stayed in the worst hotel of my life. Uh, there were so many fucking roaches in this hotel <laughs> that uh, I ended up sleeping on a park bench outside. Outside. Yeah, it was fucking gross, man. Did you stay on that trip? Did you stay more in hotels as you went or did you have to camp uh, as well? It was a lot of camping, a lot of a lot of a lot of camping. And, and what did people say? Like you had planned camp areas, the same kind of ride with yeah, people? Or? It, was, uh, it was the same sponsoring company. Um, and, um, yeah, it was the same sponsoring company. And that was a tougher trip also because the group did not get along. Um, and so mm-hmm. we – How big is the group? The group was 25 cyclists from around the world. And so whereas with the, you know, Africa trip and my North America trip – the group got along like, you know, we were friends. I still talk to them to this day. You know, the Asia trip, we just didn't get along. And, uh, you know, there was just a lot of grousing, just a lot of whatever. And um, and it was we just we just didn't get along. And my group was a bunch of fun loving guys. Uh, my friend Scott and from Arizona, my friend Brian from Texas. Uh, and some other people, and you know, we're in China. There's fireworks everywhere, right? So we would shut off firecrackers, yeah. and shit like that. And there was one guy that really didn't like firecrackers, and uh, and looked at it as a very <laughs> personal. What kind of terrorist doesn't like firecrackers? Uh, it's fucked up. So it was. He just looked at it as a very personable. You know, just this it was. He just took it personally. Um, and so I set off some firecrackers one time, and. Uh, and he just had it. He was like, man, fuck you. Was he from America as no, well? No, he was Canadian. And, ah, uh, and he told Canadians. me yeah. to uh, clean up the remnants of paper, the red remnants of paper, because that was littering. And I was fucking littering, and I was bad for the environment, and I was a bad person, and this, that, and other. Like, and I was like, in China right now. You know it's like the most polluted place on earth. <laughs> I was just like, dude, man, fuck you. He was like, fuck you. So he said he was going to kick my ass. I said, that's news to me. You know, he took a step towards me. I took more steps towards him. And he had these little flip-top sunglasses. (laughs) We got face-to-face, and he flipped up his sunglasses. (laughs) And he said, I wish you would. And I could see the the contempt in his eyes. And I, you know, and at that point, it was, all right, once he said, I wish you would, I was like, your wish is my command, essentially. And so I just pushed him down. And for that, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're a pretty tall, dude. Like, the, he's on big, he's on small. Well, listen, look, 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 I pushed him down. That was wrong. All right. I didn't beat his ass afterwards. I didn't, you know, I just, the fuck out of my face. And, but for that, I was kicked off the tour, which oh. meant that my, uh, my bike and my gear was, all my gear was offloaded. And I was a thousand kilometers in two weeks from Beijing. And I had to find my way back. And that was, and you can read all about this in the chapter. What are you going to do when you're big, black, and scary? Uh, <laughs> you had to be the tallest person in China. Yes. But the <laughs> like, thing was, by a lot. But the thing was, was that when I tried to get back with the tour, because this is the same tour company that You've been did, with, did yeah. the Africa tour. So they knew me. They knew that this was, this blow up was an anomaly. And, uh, you know, the guy said, literally, he said, Dave, what do, you, what do you want us to do? You're big, black, and scary, you know, and uh, we can't have you beating up riders. And I said, so I didn't beat him up. I just pushed him, and he was just, it was an argument. It was just, and he said man that for I was man. Big, big, black, and scary like six times, and 
it was one of those things that um, it's it was a gut check because it was no one that knows me is scared of me. You know, it's I threaten people all the time. You know, when everybody's <laughs> like, ah, you're just laughing, you're just joking. Um, but here I was seen as this very scary individual. Um, and I was kicked off the tour and, you know, I had to figure out my way, had to figure out my way home or I had to figure out what was important. And what was important was I had promised people that I, um, I was going to bike into Beijing. And I think it is during, during times of strife, uh, that you figure out what is most important. You figure out what your word is. And I had promised people that, you know, I was going to do this and, you know, I gave my word and I was not in a position. I was still of sound mind, body and bike. And uh, and I was like, I'm going to keep my word. So I did what I had to do to bike into Beijing, which meant I, I had to throw away a lot of stuff that I bought and brought to that trip um, in order to save weight. Uh, and uh, and I honored my word by bicycling into Beijing uh, to my supporters, you know, this is not, there's no big sponsor for me. There's no. Right. Did some riders have big sponsors? Some riders did. Some riders, some riders did, you know, not necessarily big sponsors, but they had that sponsors. Yeah. And so I did. So you had a, you had a volume of people. I had people, I had you, I had you, I had you, I had all, you know, all these people that gave, they, they, they banked on me, you know, I had people that, um, you know, think about this. I mean, I've been getting, I, at this point, I'd been getting letters for years from people from around the planet saying what my effort did for them in order to move forward. You know, I was, I was, that was my bankroll, you know, and it was, you know, it's, it sounds corny, but I mean, these people believed in me. These people believed in me and I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't let them down. And, uh, you know, and so I did what I had to do and I bicycled into Beijing and it was, it was a tough experience. It was something that was very emotional. Um, and, uh, so, you know, when I came back home, you know, Africa, the difference between Africa and Asia is just like night and day. It was, uh, you know, I cry about the Africa trip because of how beautiful it was. I cry about the Asia trip because of, of how much of a gut check it was for me and how, you know, it was just this, you know, I had a, a portion of this group turn their back on me, you know. And, uh, you know, like I said, I was alone in, in Asia. Now, some of my friends would help me out and stuff like that, but I was still – by myself, I don't speak Chinese. I speak English and I talk shit. When you said your, <laughs> when you said your friends helped you out, those are the friends that you're riding. The friends with. that I was riding. So on. you were you trying to ride near them or with them? So I had to create. I called it the shadow tour. So you know these people are biking with no. They're just biking free. You know they're not carrying any gear. Now all of a sudden I'm carrying because they're right. support vehicles. Because they're support vehicles, right? I don't have the so flats. Vehicle. You got to fix flats. You got to fix, fix flats. I got to whatever. I mean, at one point I took the wrong directions, um, and I now had to figure this shit out. And it wasn't like oh I can flag down a support vehicle. I had to figure this shit out, um, and I had to trust my instincts, and I had to. You know, I just had to figure that shit out, and it's it's a it's a stressful 
It was a stressful time. Do, do you think that moment was a lo- more life changing moment for you? Most definitely. I mean, I think that that is that let me know I can endure a lot more. I'm a lot stronger than what I thought I was. Um, yeah. And I'm not saying, uh, look, I'm not a badass. I'm not by a long shot. Mm-hmm. But I am a lot stronger than what I than what I thought I was. I was more than who I thought I was. And I think that, hold on a second, just I think that anybody that's listening to this podcast, uh, I would say, and please click the like or subscribe button, you know, that this <laughs> is, that Doing this it. is you are more, more, stronger, smarter, whatever. You are more than what you think you are. If you can hear me now, just understand that you are. And if you have doubts about that, then call me. My number is 267-252-1974. I only have one phone. And let's talk about it. And let's talk about you getting better. Anybody that is listening to me, I firmly believe that. You know, it's, uh, I don't think that, you know, we push ourselves enough in life uh, to do things, uh, to, to be better, to be more. And I think the, the thing now, the trend now is to sort of bitch about stuff. And, uh, you know, and think, oh, if I click a like button or something, not on this, but if I click a like button or whatever, or put a hashtag that all of a sudden be better. No, you have to, if you like this, if you like this episode, you will be better. You will be better. (laughs) Um, and, uh, and that's it. And so, I mean, everybody is, is stronger. You know, my whole story is, you know, you said, did I, you know, did I always take chances? I took a chance and, you know, it wasn't rejected. You know, people bought, people bought the book. People got my book as a gift. People, people said my trips meant something to them. That's a home run to me, you know. You know, to other people, it's like, oh fuck, are you making money? This, that, nothing. I hear that argument all the time. No, I'm not. But you know, my life is is rich with hugs, with stories, with connections. You know, if I told you that, you know, hey. There's going to be a motherfucker that's going to walk through this door and he has hugged a half a million people in 20 years. You wouldn't think it'd look like me. You wouldn't think it'd be foul mouth like me. You wouldn't, but it's fucking possible because I fucking did it. And that's it. I've traveled the world on good vibes and a hug. I've traveled to places where I didn't speak the fucking language. I've traveled to places where all my, the only thing I had was, you know, my smile. And that's it. And I got a hug. You know, when I went to, in 2019, I did a hug a hug tour of Europe and Israel. And um, in two weeks, I hugged 1,006 people between Dublin, Belfast, London, Paris, Rome, Vatican City, Tel Aviv, like, Jerusalem. clicker or something? <laughs> I Attached the bell. I did. Dave just lifts up his sleeve. He's just got <laughs> I did. I did have just a clicker on that all tour. But, you know, when I flew back, I, uh, I came back through... Uh, through Jordan and you have to get D plane and then you get back one and the Jordanian guard, you know, has to frisk you. Right. Cause and you're coming no, out of Israel. Right. 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 They're no joke. And this guy has a rifle on and he has a sidearm. And, um, and he asked what my sign was about. They said, big Dave hugs the world. And I said, you know, I'm standing there like this. And I said, you know, cause he just frisked me. And, uh, I said, I'm just going around the world hugging people. And I said, now that you know, felt me to fuck up, you should at least give me a hug. And he sat there stone-faced, and then he looked at me, and he just smiled. He said, at least. And he gave me this big-ass hug. <laughs> and, and what was funny is that when I entered the airport, everybody that saw this was like, who the hell is this guy that the 
the guards are hugging him. (laughs) (laughs) He must be. He got like a food platter. Like he got. (laughs) So, but that's the power of a hug. That's the power of good vibes. And and you know, and that's it. And that's you know, I've been able to create something out of out of nothing. And I'm not again. I'm not saying that to say that I'm I'm super motherfucker. I'm not. But it's just it's possible. And so think about what you can do. Think about what you can do. And think about what you guys can do. You know, we can all do more to make the world better. We can all do more, period. And and that's that's me. That's just who I am. You know, Crow. I'm sorry to, I'm sorry to derail you. Damn. Damn. <laughs> no, we've been talking a lot. You know, Andrew and I, we, we are together a lot. And we said, like, nobody deep listens anymore like nobody takes the time and that's okay. one of the reasons we started the podcast dude we wanted to, right. we waited to have you on until the 70s of episodes because i wanted to build the following up to a certain amount of point because i didn't want to have you on and have nobody be listening and then like just like i don't know so i was like we got to build this show up and then we're having dave on so this is a huge but it's like it's us. like you speak and you go about your busy life and everyone's focused on revenue or money or how they're going to impress their neighbors or how they're going to mulch their fucking flower beds to match the neighbor's fucking flower bed i fucking hate mulch but like <laughs> touchy well, but really but nobody takes the time to hear stories or to learn experiences from other people and to really listen and listen as on like an emotional empathetic level it just doesn't it just it's missing that from is all i have done uh, yeah is heard people's stories yeah in the process of hugging people, I mean, people have confessed to crimes. People have talked. People have talked about being assaulted. People have told me a lot of shit. There Your was, newest book that you came out with, one hug at a time, one hug that you came out with that mid pandemic, right? Because I felt that the world needed good stories. How can people get that book? Uh, so that book is going to be in hardcover, uh, yeah, very shortly. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, I just got the cover designed yesterday. So, uh, well, I guess this is, you know, I should break my, my, my news right here. Um, so there's a bunch of things that are happening with the 20th anniversary of September 11th. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that has happened is that I was contacted by the mural arts, uh, program of Philadelphia and, um, they're interested in a mural in my story and, uh, there may be a mural, uh, uh, what's his face on my story. What's even fucking better is that the head of the Philadelphia film society, um, which their the back of their building is on Santum street. Yeah. Um, facing the union league has said you can use our wall. So if this gets greenlit there, you know, it could be a mural of big Dave right at the union league, (laughs) but even bigger than that, even bigger than that, is we've all seen National Bourbon Day and National Hot Dog Day and National This. Um, I uh, saw this and uh, wondered, you know, where does this shit come from? And, Who makes uh, this? Yeah, right. We, we and, talk about that all the time. Yeah. Right. Well, holidays. there's an organization called the National Day Calendar, which does this. And on a whim, uh, I, um, I sent in an application back in December and they sifted through 18,000 submissions and settled on 30. Uh, and from this day forward, um, uh, September 12th will be known 
It's National Hook and High Five Day. And, um, yo, cheers to that. <clears throat> Dude, that's cheers. amazing. Cheers. And, um, I, um, I'm really touched. You know, it's not my day, but it's, it's whatever. And it's just, um, yeah, but you put the juice behind it. It's a, it's a pretty wow. big deal. And I am just, I'm honored. And when they called me to tell me that they accepted my submission, you know, I said, normally I'm a smart ass. I have something smart to say with everything, but I said, I can't, I just got up, you know, just emotional with honor. And, uh, and so to celebrate this, uh, I am going to go to their offices or in New Hampshire, I mean, New Hampshire, um, North Dakota. And I am going to go to Heck North Dakota. Location. I know, right. <laughs> right. It's structure. like a bunch of people from North Dakota. It's like, we're going to name every day. Well, dude, it, <laughs> how crazy is that, right? That's probably what happened. Um, and so it is, uh, I have a story about the North Pole, by the way. I'll tell you in a second. But, um, you know, I'm going to go to uh, North Dakota to get my official proclamation and throw a hug party. Um, up there, and yesterday I was speaking to the tribe elders of some Native American tribes uh, and told them that I was just going to come up there and just wanted to throw a hug party. And they were just like, this is this is the craziest, coolest idea we've ever <laughs> how, heard. How would, you, how would you go to something? Would you drive or no. would you fly? So I'm going to fly there. Um, since I just did a 48-state tour, um, uh, for anybody that's listening, uh, during the holiday season, I felt we all needed to see more smiles. Uh, so I did a 48-state tour. You can pull out your map if you want. Uh, <laughs> and I drove 12,000 miles in 30-something days doing a good deed for somebody in every state and uh, just for the holiday season. And um, and so I uh, including Alaska, I bought pizzas for people in Alaska and Hawaii. So I did good deeds for somebody in all 50. But I visited well, here we 48. go. What did you do in Kansas? Uh, in Kansas, I went to Lebanon, Kansas, to the geographic center of the United States. Yep. And uh, I bought I bought an old woman gas there as well as Arkansas. That that's that's what I did in those two states. She had to be flabbergasted. She was confused. <laughs> what is she this was, man? She was old as hell, man. <laughs> I can just imagine she's got like a dress on, like a white dress. Yo, what, if big, what if you bought her the gas that like made her keep going on the road and she like caused an accident? So like, you should be like, hey, man, maybe you shouldn't be driving anymore. What's it, where did you go in Montana? In Montana, I went to uh, Billings and I bought pizzas for the COVID units. Um, and in North Dakota, check this out. So I bought, uh, food for the COVID units and this one nurse was so touched by what I was doing. Like she just started crying and I said, what do you want me to tell people? And she said, you know, just tell people this is real COVID's real. And she said, I've seen so much death and she is just despondent and she's just, you know, crying hands in her, uh, head in her hands. And, uh, and she said, where are you from? And I said, Philadelphia. She said, what the fuck is up with Carson? She <laughs> said, what the fuck is up with Carson? I said, Carson who? She said, Carson Wentz. And I said, oh, right. That's right. He's from here. So for all those people that are listening that think that sports doesn't matter, sports cut through all of that sadness and, 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 and popped her right Did mind. you go to Wells, Nevada? I did not go to Wells. Nevada. Place has a smell. You ever go to Wells, Nevada? It smells. It's 
It's very sulfury. Dude, I gotta so, put up with. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do not know, but I went what to Carson City. You'll love this. I went to Carson City to the Bunny Ranch, uh, in in Nevada. Is that what it sounds like? Yeah, dude. I've always brothel. I've always wanted to go there. I, I've said this before. I always wanted to go there and just like, let's just go. I said, like, my wife is here, by the way. So if anybody thinks I'm gonna get in trouble, I'm saying this in front of her. Right. I want to go there and find out what the deal is. Like, so, what is it going... Like, because the well, show Dave's portrays... Gonna, he'll tell us what the deal is now. <laughs> but, like, is he going to tell us what the deal is? No, no, yes. no. So, I was going to go there in 2017 for my... I drove the Continental 48 States then to do a Big Dave Hugs America tour. And I thought it was in Las Vegas. And long story very short, I ended up on the phone with... Um, his name escapes me right now. The owner of the Buddy Ranch, and <laughs> who thought this was a joke, and I want to come hug your girls. I, I called him <laughs> and I said, "I assure you, this is not a joke." And we're Dennis Hoff, Dennis Hoff, and he and I, Dennis and I, are on the phone, and he's like, "Why are you hugging the world?" And I said, "Because someone's got to do it." And he said, "Why you?" And I said, "Because someone has to do it." And we're talking, and he. Um, he said, well, look, I got, I'm sorry to break it to you. We're not in Las Vegas. We're in Carson City, which is like five hours north. Um, and I was like, oh, oh shit. What? Right. What? So I was like, oh, fuck. So man. if you want to go to the Bunny Ranch, like you actually have to go to the Bunny Ranch. Well, yeah. Not, you just, is there anything else in Carson City? There's no, no. There's no Six Flags. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> just hoes. Um, so, <laughs> so what's funny. Respectfully, of course. But what's funny is that, so he said, if you ever get here, We'll have a place for you, man. Yeah. He said, I think what you're doing is beautiful. But within five minutes of hanging up the phone, there was a sizable anonymous donation to my GoFundMe page that I believe was Dennis Hoff sending me some money. Yeah, because so he, he, he probably has the right. money. So when he died, I told this story at the Union League gym. <laughs> and this woman, she was like, Dave, leave it to you to have an uplifting story of a no-good pimp. And I was, <laughs> I was just like, yeah, man. So, but you talked earlier about, you know, just making up something. So there is a town in Alaska called the North Pole. Okay. And basically what happened is 1945 – all these people got together and were like, wait a minute, kids keep writing Santa Claus and addressing it to the North Pole. What if we call our town the North Pole and we'll get all that mail in notoriety? So there is a town called North Pole, Alaska. Um, cr crazy story. <laughs> where there is a huge-ass house where Santa lives, and he's there all the time. It's a real town and a real dude. The former—he's obviously real. The former He's mayor, really on a list somewhere. The former mayor <laughs> uh, legally changed his name to Santa Claus and uh, and grew his hair out. It's this—I have pictures of all this shit, and it is—it's uh, crazy. So I, how much mail? Think of how much mail they get. Oh yeah, yeah. And so when I went to go see Santa Claus, I met somebody from two people from Indonesia. Uh, some girls, some twin girls from Texas that were dressed as princesses, uh, some other people. Uh, it was just people from all over the planet. That's and awesome. One guy from Japan. And I get in there, and it's I'm treating it like a goof. But then all of a sudden you get in there, and everybody is just like, hey, how are you? And they're all very, very happy to be there. <laughs> and, you know, there's this velvet rope. People in Alaska. There's this velvet <laughs> rope. And I'm just like, you know, why are you seeing Santa today? And I was like, oh, I don't know. 
Gonna give him a hug. Right. It's as, so, as our YouTube channel grows, like in five years, I definitely see see us like go. Oh yeah, you should. Like this, you should. Like, just to go. Because we're like, <laughs> after they heard my story, they were like, "Well, let's go see Santa." And they took my hand. <laughs> with every step, I am regressing in age. So by the time I get there, I'm seven. Right. And I'm like, "Hey, Santa!" Santa. Right. I'm like, "Hey, Santa." And he was the water fountains. Lap? The water fountains Santa, have chocolate. I did because oh, Santa wow. was like, I said, Santa, I came all the way from Philly. He said, Hey, hey, I heard it. I heard it. And he said, More than hearing it, he said, Turn around. Look at look at what happened. And he said, Those are people hugging each other. And there were, there were people around the store hugging. He said, That's not me. That's all you. And he's like, Man, this is beautiful. This is the most beautiful story I've heard. Mm-hmm. And so we sat and we talked for a little bit. And then he did like this. He said, <laughs> I, was my I was like, oh man, this is awesome. So um I will send you pictures. I will send you pictures of me sitting on Santa's lap. And it's and it's it's wonderful, man. It's it's wonderful. So there are interesting things all over this country, man. And, you said take uh, the time and look. Just take the time. And I think, you know, people ask me, what did I see this last tour, you know, amid a pandemic, amid all the social justice issues amid all of, you know, the election on the heels of all of that chaos. And I say, Hey, listen, man, whatever you're looking for in America, it is there in abundance. All right. Yeah. It is there. You're looking for trouble. It, motherfucker. It's there, but you're looking for goodness. It's there too. Um, and, uh, I got pulled over for speeding in Arkansas and, uh, the cop was like, uh, you know, I said, Hey, what's up, man? I said, I was just going with the flow of traffic. And he was like, nah, man, you were dictating the flow of traffic. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit, man. I was like, that's funny. And he said, what's all this about? Because I had to sign Smile with Big Dave, and I told him what I was doing. And um, he said, listen, man. He said, I think you could do a lot more good if you just slow it down a little bit, man. Just slow it down. And <laughs> I, said, uh, I said, so am I getting a, a ticket? And he was like, nah. And I said, can I shake your hand? And he said, it would, sure would make my day if you did. And, uh, and that was it. And I went back. To speed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you are from Philadelphia. Right. So like. it was, so, you know, whatever you're looking for out there in the world, you know, not just in the States, but in the world, it's out there in abundance, you know. And like I said, if I have been able to travel the world uh, on, the, on the wings of a hug and a high five, then really, like I said, think about what you can do. You know, I just... Like I said, I'm just a goofy guy that, you know, makes stupid ass jokes and shit like that and uh just likes laughing and stuff. And it's just uh and it's and it's great. And I've just met like I said, I've met a lot of people. I think a lot of times when people know that you are there just to make them smile, like that's your only mission, uh, when they know that you've heard a lot of stories and you're not gonna judge them, and most importantly, they know you're not gonna be there tomorrow. Uh, you know, people open up a lot. You know, there was a guy I met uh, <clears throat> in Nantucket uh, who stopped, like he got right in front of me, and he said, I want a hug. He said, but you're probably not going to like me. I killed my best friend over a drug deal and blah, 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 blah. Shit. So, you know, he just stood there with his head down, and I didn't know what to say, and I said, well, I guess it was a good idea at the time. <laughs> and he said, no one in 18 years has made me laugh about this. And I said, well, would you do it again? And he said, no. And from there, it started a conversation about um, 
you know, his road to redemption about how he's finally got his friend's family to forgive him and stuff like that and all the things that he's doing. And, you know, we just had a moment. And, uh, you know, I think that it, it sometimes takes an effort to find an accord with people. But, uh, you know, I think most people want to do the right thing and want to be good and want to be just, just want to be. But I think yeah. it, sometimes it takes just a little, a little nudge. You know, I don't think people need to be turned around. I just think it just is just a little, a little nudge, you know, um, to, to see, to see that it's okay. It's okay to be better. You know, it's okay, uh, to say you want to hug, you know, it's, uh, you know, I've met a lot of guys who are like, oh, I'm not going to hug you. And then all of a sudden their boys leave and they're like, can I get a hug? <laughs> yeah, sure, man. It's all good. It's all good. But that's, you know, for people that don't want hugs, that's why high fives are there, you know. And uh, you had to switch it up with COVID. Right. Right. Well, it was, it was tough. It was tough. People still give hugs? High fives? Not as much. I mean, fist bumps, elbow bumps and stuff like that. And, you know, and it's, um, you know, on the trip that I took in November, um, I think I had uh, seven high fives and nine hugs, I think it was. We got to get the car company. You drive a sponsorship on this, you know, for you. Well, yeah. Well, it's, it's, what's funny is that I got a deal through, uh, through budget, budget, the, the guy, the guy at, uh, at city line Avenue, his name is Luke, Luke, Luke is the fucking man. Luke, uh, he was, he didn't believe I was going to do this. Luke was this brother, uh, that when I returned a car, he was like, man, I did not think you were going to make it <laughs> back here. I did not here. think you were going to run up 12,000 <laughs> miles on this car. Yeah. How many miles, how many miles did you put on the car? It was over 12,000 miles. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, yeah. I mean, shit. I like mean, over, you, over, yeah, like uh, way no, over. No, like twelve thousand three hundred something like that. Oh damn! But it was a lot of driving, man. It's a big ass country. Yeah. And you, did you ride by yourself that whole time, or did you? Like, yeah. I mean, because of COVID, I wasn't going to risk anything. You yeah, because it was still kind of new then. Right. Well, you know, it was just I just didn't want to take a chance. If yeah. I get sick, that's one thing. If if you get sick and you're riding with me, you know, I would feel bad. You know. Um, and so, yeah, so, and then with me not, there's nothing for me to do, but do a good deed in the state and just keep it moving. So, yeah, I was like, yeah, fuck it. I'll drive 400 miles today. What do you, <laughs> what do you do while you're driving? Uh, listen to the radio, do a lot of bad singing, you know? <laughs> what was your Sing. favorite deed? Favorite what your favorite deed you did in the state? Is there one that you sticks out? You sounded a little country there for a second. What was your favorite deed? Where was it? <sighs> I thought you said date. No. No, date. my favorite, maybe New Hampshire, uh, because the people in New Hampshire were. <laughs> Good job, buddy. Were so skittish of me doing anything for me that <laughs> I did nothing. Guy? Right. That's exactly what happened. They were like, what the fuck is up with this guy? You know, I was like, hey, can I buy your gas? <laughs> I like, oh, no. I was like, I don't want you to have my information. I'm like, I'm not taking your information. I'm buying you gas. I don't know. Where's the money coming from? It's not, you know, so I tried to offer five people. I think it was gas. Is this car- the, is this cartel money? Is like, this, what is this? You know, right? And they were just like, I don't know. Gas? I, mm, I don't know. Why are you doing this? I, I was like, yeah, fuck it. I'm out of here. You know. So that was my good deed to to leave that state. As as Dude, you fucking New Hampshire. You want to hear the truth though? I know of multitude of comics and i forget what the name of the club is 
but it's in New Hampshire that they just absolutely like a lot of comics just don't go to New Hampshire because the crowds always just suck. It's like <laughs> well suck. known. It's well known in like the community. It was New weird. Hampshire it people a, are a little weird. It was people a are weird. afraid to say yes. They don't know what they think they have to like are signing up for something. It was a weird, weird vibe. Uh, other than that, the thing that sticks out was um, signing up for a hug. That's what they're was signing up for. Uh, Pensacola, Florida. Just saying. Pensacola, Florida was interesting because I had, uh, in Alabama, I was at um, uh, Penelope House, a domestic violence shelter. I did a, made a donation there. <clears throat> and the executive director uh, told me to go to Crisulo's Cheesecake Bakery in Pensacola, Florida. She's like, it's right down US 10. I was like, all right, bet I'll go there. But I, I don't like cheesecake. You know, it's just not my thing. So once I got there, I was like, <laughs> what the fuck am I doing here? And so, you, you just know, look like a cheesecake guy. Right. And so, you know, but the executive director was so adamant that you have to go there. Good things are going to happen. I'm telling you, Dave, good things are going to happen. I was like, all right, fuck it. So I get to Crusulo's and I'm like, and no one's in the parking lot. No one's in Crusulo's. And I'm just, you know, I'm like, oh, I don't know, man. I was like, I think I'm going to go. And then a family gets out of the car. Um, and I say, hey, are you guys going into Crisulo's? And they were like, yeah. And I said, well, I want to buy you cheesecake. And the guy looked at me and said, I got money. <laughs> <laughs> I said, no, nah, I'm doing this thing. I'm doing a good deed, this, that, and the other. And I explained my story. And um, um, this woman just started crying. And she pointed to this guy. And she said, this is Crystal, I think. I think it was the name. I have to look through my notes. Um, and, and she started crying and I was like, what the hell is going on? And she's like, oh, I'm sorry, mister. She said, we just left my mother's gravesite, and, you know, the family all got together. My mom died last year and, um, this was her favorite bakery. And she said, you know, this is my mom acting through you to bring us together. This is your, our mom doing something good. You know, this is, this is all coming together. And it was it was one of those crazy moments that I just couldn't, you know, couldn't really, I can't script this shit, you know? And mm. it was, um, and it was something to, to have cheesecake with this family and, uh, and talk and listen, listen about their mother and, uh, listen about their story. And so, you know, those were some of the coolest, the coolest things. I mean, this was a cool trip because, um, when any other trip, where it's I'm hugging and high-fiving people, I never see people cry, right? Mm -hmm. Before they start crying, I'm hugging them. You know, I may feel their tears on my arm or something or maybe feel their body shake, but I never see them cry. Uh, because of social distancing, plexiglass, this, that, and the other, you know, I just am sitting there, you know, standing there just watching them cry as they share their their stories, their life stories and stuff like that. So I had to find another way to make them smile. I had to find another way to comfort them. And so this was, this was a challenge and a test for me. And, you know, again, for anybody that's listening, you know, it's, uh, you know, there's always a way, there's always a way, you know, for anybody that's listening, don't just listen to podcasts and just say, Oh, you know, tick a box. And I listen to a podcast. You listen to podcasts because there's interesting people out there doing something. You know, there's interesting people that are challenging themselves. There's interesting people, like you all talked about the person <clears throat> that was in Alaska, just stuff yeah. like that. Right. You know, this guy is, is laying it on the line, you know, 
uh, that granted it's probably a lot further than my line or your line or anybody else's line, but he's laying it on the line so that you, the listener, will then all of a sudden go one step beyond what you thought was possible. You know, so anybody that's listening to this story, to any of these stories, you know, lay your shit on the line and go out further and do something. Find a way to make this world better. Find a way to make somebody smile. Find a fucking way. The world fucking needs it. You know, that's That's it. I, I went out 48 fucking states, you know, just to create smiles. Again, I'm not saying this because I'm super motherfucker. I'm saying this because I did something. And that's it. And just everybody, when you listen to these podcasts, there's a lot of work that goes into here. It's a full soundboard. There's, you know, a sound guy. There's, you know, chips that needed to be formatted. There's, there's, all, there's a whole bunch of shit. There's cameras. There's an effort that has gone into this. And don't let that effort be wasted by just saying, oh, yeah, I heard something cool. You know, do something cool. You know, do something so that in a week, a month, in a year, you are sitting in this chair being interviewed. You know, that's the, that's, that's, that's it. Don't just listen. Do, you know, I don't know what camera I'm speaking to, whatever. Do this, this one right here. Something. Do something. It is imperative. (laughs) The world needs you. And that's it. And, um, and that's it. I know I sound like a crazy man. No, dude, you brought. I I think I think I take it pretty crazy sometimes. So I think I probably (laughs) keep you safe. I kept you safe. Let's do something. So and it's that's it. I just you know don't think that the opportunities in the world are for the other guy. They're for you. They're for you. You know, there's tricks that can be up your sleeve. There's maps that can be up your sleeve. You know, there's (laughs) things that can be fucking done, and that's it. Remember, this started off as just me wanting to honor a dead friend, you know, 20 years ago. And what has it blossomed into? It started off with just an action. It started off with a, a sense of loss uh, and wanting to do something. So would you, you, you made the original call at one of your lowest points in your life. Right. Because you, you, needed, you needed to do something. To do something. I had no idea it was going to blossom into this. I mean, if I could go back, if I could go back to September 12th, 13th, and we're like, hey, Dave, you know, you're going to go hug and high five the world and you should call them. Get the fuck out of here. (laughs) I would be like, it's fucking insane. Was your reasoning, like, was the cycling and the physicality of what you chose to do, like, what was the relationship between the physicality and then, like, the emotional state you were in? Like, I always wanted to bicycle across the United States. I also wanted to do, you know, Kevin was. 10 years older than me. Uh, he was like, he and his twin brother were like uh, my big brothers. I made them my big brothers. You know, I, you know, I'm the only boy in the family and I just wanted brothers. I wanted somebody to wrestle with. I wanted someone to do shit with. And, you know, Kevin and Kelvin were as, you know, the, the simplest way to put it, the first coolest guys I ever met. Mm. You know, these guys were just fucking cool. And as I got older, you and know. these were guys you grew up on your street. Yeah, they were they, they were right down the next street, and they were the 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 sons of uh, my parents' best friends. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I just palled around with these guys, or I should say, these guys let me pal around with them because ten years is huge. Seven and seventeen, ten and twenty, like you know, right. fucking they let my dumb ass hang around for, <laughs> you know. But they're almost like was, your mentors, in right? A way. And they were, 
But, you know, as I grew up into a young man, they were there for everything, driving lessons, college applications, sports, whatever. These guys were, these guys were good. These guys were, were, these were the men that I wanted to be. And so, you know, I, I owed them that. I owed them something significant, you know, and biking across the United States was, was the most significant thing I could think of at the time. Mm. And um, you were already into cycling when you made I was already choice? into cycling. I had never done. I had done some triathlons and done some other stuff, but I had never done anything like that. No, yeah, yeah. So it was uh, casually do you think, across the United States. Uh, yeah. <laughs> do you think when people started writing you, telling you how you positively affected them or changed their life or gave them that spark? Do you think part of that was like you were giving back, maybe like what these two brothers had given you and like and that's why that like emotional connection like feels there i wasn't thinking that at the time but you know looking back on everything now like i said you know this is time at 20 years this is a great period of reflection for me yeah you know and so yes i can see i can clearly see these connections now yeah um but yeah i just wanted to you know i'm i'm fortunate in so many ways but just think of how many people you've helped where you hug somebody and it's not that it's just a compounding effect. They may go, yeah, because like, they was, may go talk to their long lost friend that they haven't talked to. They may go yeah. help the local homeless guy and like give him, a, you know, just because they got a hug. Like you don't ever know where that's well, all going like, to lead. Selfishly, like I was just pumped for him to come here today because I knew it would just like carry on through the rest of my week. Yeah. But I got to see Dave, so like I would just be like the energy. Like you, when you meet someone, they're going to take that positivity. To the next meeting. To the next yes. person. And it's um and that's that's how I feel about all of this. You know, it's just uh, you know, I'm gonna give what good vibes I can. You know, I'm gonna do what I can to make you smile. You know, and if that means I you know, I'm the butt of the joke, okay, that's fine. You know, that's <laughs> why I don't mind going to foreign countries and stuff like that. And, you know, I know I'm gonna mispronounce a word or do something or, you know, whatever. It's it's fine. But, you know, let's give people a moment. Let's give people laughs. You know, so what's next? You got another trip? Um, so outside of going to North Dakota to go get my proclamation for September 12th, I am going to go up to uh, Rugby, North Dakota, which is the geographic heart of North America, the center of North America, and I'm going to throw a hug party uh, there as well at the heart of uh, at the heart of North America. And then after that, and when's that going? Do you have a plan, like a date for that? That or? will be uh, in July sometime. Okay. Uh, that will be in July. Um, I picture your version of Burning Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, after that, I don't know. I mean, I think, uh, you know, after 20 years, it will be, uh, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be. You know, this will uh, either be a capstone and I can say, hey, listen, you know, I did my best uh, to make the world a better place and, you know, whatever, and that's it. Or it can be um, morph into something else. I honestly don't know. I am just really, uh, for the first time in 20 years, I am not planning anything beyond, you know, September 12th. You know, and I just want to, let's just see what happens. Let's just, let's just Could open happens. it up to more clarity. Yeah, right. I'd be interested to see... Like, I don't even know, like, could we, if we could even do this, like, I would love to see even just a mini documentary on you. Like, even just like a 5, 10, 15, just somebody to just to take the time to just like sit down and like inter- just interview you, like not on a podcast, like just get into the, like really do it 
justice because sometimes I feel your story is so impactful and it's kind of like frustrating to me that no one of like move not a movie but like a document like nobody has like just blown this up through the roof because like I would love to see that happen so like selfishly I'm like why is somebody with a camera not made this I so think because known? it's it sounds so simple it sounds like I'm doing nothing you know there's a guy going around the world hugging people. Okay, whoop de damn do. You know, it doesn't sound like anything until you stop for a second and then all of a sudden you start to think how many people, half a million people are. You think about, you know, you start asking me questions like, you know, what's the number, what's the most people I've hugged in one day? It's 1,300 in Las Vegas. You know, what's the... And when, when, 1,300, when was that? That was in 2017 in Vegas. After the shooting? Uh, no, that was, uh, that was just on a tour. That was, um, that was just a day. (laughs) That was just just a a day in Vegas. day in Vegas, man. And that was, I will tell you, um, I was peopled out that day. Uh, That's a lot of people. I didn't want to be bothered with anybody. Uh, some people wanted to go out to dinner and I was like, (laughs) nah, man, I'm, I'm done. And so I went to Whole Foods, I got myself a salad and a gallon of water, and I sat in a Whole Foods facing a broom closet, because I just did not want to be bothered with people. I was, I was done with you people. Were charged, you yes. were charged the people. Yeah. No, for sure. So what, let me ask another selfish question. Sure. How many tires did you lose, or like how many, how many flat tires did you get in like these trips? Is that like a number you think I had? Because in the cycling community, like flat tires, eleven flats in one day. That was a brutal. brutal That's not fun. That's not fun. That was just that was in Turkmenistan. That That was in Turkmenistan, and it was Turkmenistan. That's a real place. It was so hot that uh, the the stuff was sticking to the the tires. The rim strips sort of somewhat like melted or it was just really fucked up. It was just a, it was a horrible, horrible day. Yeah. And I'd, I'd like to take it back to, I don't know, minute 17 of the podcast when I asked Dave, like what kind of struggles he's come over, like how he overcomes struggles and things like that. And he's like, know it was minute 17? I don't know. Probably his minute. 17, okay. Like <laughs> he also knows it's like, yeah. Yeah. So it's just like you, you said no, but then we just spent, I don't know, the better part of an hour and 15 minutes listening to you overcoming what other people would perceive as struggles or challenges. It's all about how you tell the story. I mean, yeah. it's just like, but there was something good that happened. Yeah. You know? I love that. You know, I, yeah, I got pulled over for, for speeding, but I had a, a handshake and I didn't get a fucking ticket. You know, that's that's how you tell the story. You know, I had flats, but that led to uh, uh, some funny things. I had, a, a, I had three flats in an hour <laughs> in uh cannon falls minnesota um and um if you're listening you're from there clean your streets <laughs> <laughs> but i had a flat and this old man drives up in this uh it's, it's like a 1980 something buick and he's like hey man you need help and i was like nah man he's like you sure and i said well you can talk to me while i'm uh you know while i'm here and he said okay so he's leaning across the car and uh you know across the seat and he's talking to me about my travels <laughs> and stuff like that and i'm standing there fixing my flat and then after a while he's like look i gotta get my granddaughter back to my kid he said man it's been great talking to you and i said okay great so i fix my flat i start biking down the road i get another fucking flat thanks cannon falls uh <laughs> and 
this guy drives up on me again. Uh, and this time he gets out of the car um, and he is crying. And I'm like, Jesus, what the fuck is going on? And he says, hey, listen, man, I got to talk to you. And he said, I'm glad I saw you. And I said, what's up? He said, listen, I don't have much longer to live. I got a bad diagnosis. And he said, no one knows this except me, my doctor, and now you. And he said, all I've been thinking of since I got this diagnosis a little while ago is the world that's going to be left for my granddaughter. And he said, you know, and I've been scared because it's a fucked up world. And he said, but talking to you for a few minutes made me feel better about that world. And I just want to say thank you. Keep going. And I think I'm going to tell him today. He said, thank you. And he gave me a hug. And we stood, and we stood there and we cried together. And, and that's it. And so there's a couple ways you can look at this story. You know, Cannon Falls has fucked up streets. Okay, all right. But no, but there was this beautiful moment that happened um, that I was a part of. And, uh, and that's it. You know, I, I think that, you know, where we choose to end stories is up to you. You know, you can end stories at the flat or at the point where you're like, oh, fuck, curses, drat, you know, whatever. Or you can end the story at the point of uplift that comes down, comes down later. So for anybody that's, that's, that's writing the story of their life, you know, end the story on the up note. You know, there's a thing called another fucking page. Just keep fucking writing until you end up on a good note. Then end the fucking story. And that's it. So I don't, you know, yeah, I could tell stories about, you know, falling off a bike, you know, whatever, whatever, and, you know, and, and, you know, when I fell in Virginia and um, the stem on my bike broke and stuff like that and had this huge cut here and a cut on my head and this, that, and the other, and people actually left the parking lot to go inside this restaurant to laugh at me. That could be where I end the story, but that's not. You know, what happened was was I went into this store, uh, to this, this, uh, this diner, and I asked everybody to, um, anybody, to give me a ride because my bike, my bike was, you know, I, inoperable at that point. Um, and this black couple uh, chose to give me a ride. And I was like, thanks. And I, I refused to sit inside the truck because I'm bleeding all over and shit like that. So I'm sitting <laughs> in the back of this car, you know, in the back of this pickup truck bed, you know, with my broken bike. I'm wondering what the fuck I want to do. I'm bleeding from everywhere. And this couple stopped the car real short and uh the woman opened up the back and they were the only black people in this diner right and she said now look she said i want you to know who's to giving you a ride <laughs> wasn't any of those white folks you asked first <laughs> <laughs> and we all started laughing and that was it and it's just like look man i could like I said, that's funny to me. That was a funny moment and shit yeah. like that. And I was like, look, the, the white folks were there in front of me. I said, I had to ask them first. And she's like, yeah, all right, just know. Just know. <laughs> so it's, um, you know, it's, it's how you look at things. And so, you know, again, you know, it's uh, for anybody that listens to this podcast, again, click subscribe uh, <clears throat> on this button. You know, the stories that you hear, not just my story, any story, you know, it's, uh, I think it's incumbent upon you when you tell stories in life to, uh, to tell it in a way where it ends on a high note, you know, a note of uplifting so that you can, you know, you can take people along, you know, so people will, 
will follow you in their journey. You know, will you know, will follow you and do things. You know, you don't know who's watching you. Here's a quick story. As I keep saying all the time, here's another quick story. Uh, so when I wrote Traveling at the Speed of Life, uh, one of, uh, someone took me out to dinner, um, <clears throat> excuse me, afterwards. And uh, once we get at dinner, they hand me a gift. And I open it up, and it's a pen. It's a really nice pen, and, you know, it has Traveling at the Speed of Life written on it. And I was like, oh, shit, this is great. And it's also, there was some paper in it, and I looked at it, and it was the receipt for the pen. And I was like, oh, shit, well, you left a receipt in there. And I said, they said, you, I left it in there for a reason. And I said, why? And he said, look at it. And so I looked at the pen, and they bought this pen about eight months before the book came out. And I was like, what's up with that? And he said, Dave, I would watch you, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, edit this chapters, you know, all the time. And every time that you would have somebody, you would throw the chapters in the corner, I'd go off and I'd go get it out of the corner and I'd go read it. And she said, when I saw how fast you were picking up your own mistakes, how fast a story was coming together, how fast it was, it was all coming together. Like you weren't talking shit like this was real. And this pen has just been waiting for you. And so, you know, that's not just me. There's people watching you and watching you and watching you and watching all of us. And they're hinging, you know, their movements on what you're doing in this very fucking moment. And if that's happening right now, and if people are looking at you right now, and people are saying, well, if he can get that podcast off the ground, then okay, then I can do this. It doesn't have to be, you don't have, to, it's not a direct follow. It's just, hey, if you can move forward in your life, then I'll follow you and I'll move forward in my life. Nobody that has followed me has said, hey, I'm going to bike around the world. Nobody's fucking stupid enough to do that. You know, no, one said, no one said, hey, I'm going to go break your hug record. No one's going to do that shit. That's my shit. But there are people that are watching me and doing their best in some other aspect. And so that is what keeps me going. And I'm not, I'm not isolated. I'm not, you know, there's no great ray of sunshine on me. It's happening with everybody in this room, you know, and that's it. So if you know that people are watching you, if you know that people are, like I said, hinging what they're going to do with their futures on your thing, on, on your moments, then why wouldn't you do your best? Why wouldn't you always, always move forward? Why wouldn't you always do something positive? Why not? Why not? Why would you, why would you give anything less? And it sounds corny, it sounds trite, someone's going to look at this, this motherfucker's corny. I get it, I get it. And years ago, I probably would have said the same fucking thing. But I've lived this shit. Yeah, for 20 years. Right, you know. You're tested after 10, right. but 20, 20, 20 years. 20 years. 20, right, you know. How, like, A black foul mouth like, let's motherfucker put it- is going around <laughs> the, the king of positivity and shit like that, you know. The fuck out of here, man. But, like, have you golfed for 20 years? Like, would you be a... Excellent. Yeah. I think if you do anything for 20 years, you're going to be an expert. Right. You would know the nuances of it. Yeah. And you would see that it's it goes well beyond the game of golf. It yeah. goes, it's it's other things, you know. It's the preparation. It's this. It's whatever. It's, you know. Would you ever consider doing, like, coaching or, I, I know you've done speaking and things like that, but would you ever take on, like, client, doing, clients or I'm something like that? I'm doing some, some coaching now and after after September, I'll get more serious about that. You know, I just, I would see you as a great, like 
mindset coach for somebody that's the most authentic counselor there could be. Yeah, like you would be There's great a, for that. That's. <laughs> I think that's why I've lasted this long at the Union League uh, because there's a lot of members that are just like, you know. I'll, it's, I'll, I w- I've definitely vented to Dave. Yeah, there's, you know, members that are like, you know, yeah, I don't want to exercise. I want to, I need a pep talk. And, you know, and that's it. And so I'm like, okay, yeah, let's go. You know, so that's, that's it. You know? Yeah, for sure. I love life because it's, it's filled with opportunity. It's filled with, with good shit. And it's and and that's it, and I'm I'm excited, you know, genuinely excited. Like I said, you know, I've this is all just on the strength of a hug, you know. And like I said, I have so many examples that I have lived, uh, you know, where, you know, I've just lived, and it's just I could talk all day about this. We can do a part two of this podcast. Oh, we're, def- we're definitely, definitely not. not. I got a I got a ton of ideas. I feel like. On September 12th, when you feel like you've commemorated your 20 years, I think after that moment, the best is going to come. Yeah, let's do it. You're going to get full clarity. You're going to see it. It's going to come. Well, good. From your mouth to to God's ears. But, you know, I, again, for anybody that is listening, this is important. Don't bleep my number. It's okay if it's it's out there. It's Like I said, it's 267. It's the only phone I got. 267. 252-1974, Two five two one nine seven four. You know, call me and let's talk. If you don't want to talk and you just need an uplift of some positivity, you want to see some pictures. I have ten thousand images from all over the planet. Um, and uh, if you just need a hug bomb, and that's what I do from time to time. I just go through my phone book and I pick somebody at random and I'll send them, you know, five to ten pictures from around the planet of me hugging and high fiving people. You know, it's uh, this past year between mask and separation and everything it is and all of the fear that was out there we were as separated as anything and smiles were so important because you know if you're not smiling then she's smiling less and if she's smiling less then the dog feels that and if the dog feels that then you know then you're not smiling and you haven't smiled once anyway, so it's just like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know so it's all of this, it's all this, 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 this cascading effect. So smiles are so fucking important. There was a woman in Iowa that she was like, why are you going around doing good deeds? And I said, just to see your smile. And she said, what? And I said, just to see your smile. She said, and she just started crying. She said, that's the nicest thing anybody's ever said. I didn't know my smile was important to anybody. I said, it's important to me. And, and that's it. And so, you know, that's it. That's just a, that's just a grin, just the kinetic power of a grin. Um, and, um, yeah, that's, that's what's what I've lived. Dude. I don't like, I don't even know what else to say. It's great. Yeah. This has been fantastic. Dude. I appreciate you so much. Thanks for coming on and just appreciating you. And how can, how can people find you? Um, the human high five on Instagram. Um, and that's probably, you know, I post, you know, pictures all the time. Pictures of him and dogs. Pick him. him it's right that's what, that's what he's doing in the coronavirus. That's it. Um, you know, but I'm David Hale, Sylvester.com. I mean, I'm, I'm easy to find, you know, but you know, the bottom line is, is everyone, if you're listening and again, click subscribe, uh, <laughs> is just keep moving forward in life. You know, in in 20 years, you know, beyond the, the hugs, you know, I've now written two books. 
I've done an award-winning documentary. I have done two 48-state trips. I've bicycled across North America three times, Africa, Asia, and Australia. I have traveled to countries where I didn't know the language. I have I've done so much, and it is... And it, so many things are possible. Your dog just farted. <laughs> I was just going to say. Your dog just made it hot. <laughs> it is hot. Oh, I was going to start cracking up. <laughs> Damn, man. Damn, he just capped I that. I smell that, it yet. That dog, oh. is, that, that dog is like, yo, I'm sick of your shit. Like, <laughs> but it is for anybody that's listening. Just really just continue to move forward. Um, and I listed those things not to say, again, not to say that I'm Superman, but because you just don't know what things will lead into. And each of those things that I've done has revealed itself, has opened up a door to another opportunity in life. So wherever you are in your story, if you find yourself stuck, just just reach out to me and just understand that good help, good vibes, and good people are out there. So, again, uh, thank you all uh, for having me. Again, my number for anybody, 267-252-1974. Um, and uh, really, you know, click the like and subscribe button because these stories are important, not just for people to go up and just tell them. We're not up here just telling people just to tell shit, you know. It's not, this isn't some banter of a street corner. We're up here telling stories so that one day in the future, I will be listening to your story. So please, everyone, just keep moving forward in life. And uh, peace. Dude, I got, no, I got nothing you. else to say. Thanks, I'll say. Thanks for listening. We hope you hung in that whole time. Um, if you did, wow. Uh, keep in mind, if you haven't heard already, subscribe and like our channel, youtube.com slash Revival, or search us after 5 Media. We appreciate you guys. <laughs>